0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 54 of the From the Finney podcast with Jimmy and me, Jake. We're joined for the final time this season by Adam Salisbury. We'll discuss our last home game of the season on Saturday Fun time, Frankie. We've got the pie gate finale as well as a few other bits and bobs before we round off by looking ahead to our final game of the season. Enjoy. So, Jim, how are we? Are we good?
1: It's fun are this mate. <laughs> yeah, really
0: well. <laughs> good. It's a good job that last five minutes is uh, not gonna make the podcast.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a shame. It's probably the best part of it. Probably uh, I we would
1: actually. Loads of people tuning <laughs> for that although we might get done so I don't know might be a few local businesses
0: getting in touch and not, not for a good reason <laughs> yeah um, Yeah. just a reminder as always at the start of these episodes that you can support us here at From The Finney with a one-off or regular donation of any size uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From The Finney and anything received is massively appreciated helps <laughs> keep the website and, and the podcast going um, and as always, if you can't afford or don't want to donate anything, then if you listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, it'd be massively appreciated if you could leave us a review uh, on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, yeah, Saturday, last last home game of the season, and I was a 2-0 win. Uh, I was quite fortunate to be able to uh, attend in person, which was novel, different it was like, I felt like a kid waking up on Christmas morning and then going downstairs and not having any presents because obviously the fans weren't in the stadium. It just wasn't the same.
2: I was going to say, that's a different analogy that I think we're going to use to be fair, Jay. What was the atmosphere like?
0: <laughs> Made sense in my head. Do you know what? I actually took a video because if you closed your eyes, it had, with obviously the speakers and that, sounded like the stadium was full, but obviously it, it was far from full. <laughs> it was probably maybe, I don't know, 50 to 100 people there, including like, all the staff and people working on the day. Uh, there was quite a lot from Barnsley, like, quite a big Barnsley contingent in the director's box. Uh, saw Craig Hemmings, first time I've seen him.
1: Did you get his autograph?
0: Nope. <laughs> Did you get anyone's autograph?
2: Nope. All uh, right, good. Social distancing doesn't lie.
0: Although I did go try going around the one-way system the wrong way and got bollocked.
2: Why does that not shock me? <laughs> knew
0: you'd say that. What,
1: what was your reaction to the, goal? <laughs> uh, to the goals? sorry.
0: Um, A bit sweary under on. my mask, but quite subdued because I didn't want to be the one knobhead that was jumping up and down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Usually, George.
0: Uh, well, especially with all the press being behind me, I didn't want, like... George and Seds and whoever else thinking, who's this knobhead here?
2: Well, knowing it it would be. Well,
0: yeah, of course, but (laughs) Um, yeah, the game itself, I think Sep had a a chance in the first half early on, didn't he? Um, And then obviously we scored just before half-time. I think other than that, we didn't really create much.
2: I think it was um,
0: well-organised.
2: Yeah, it's it's very simple football under Frankie, but it's it's fairly effective. You know, both goals were scored yesterday from second phase of set plays. So I think the one credit you've really got to give Frankie and uh, during this sort of seven games that he's had in charge is he's just reset. The, we've gone back to basics, yeah. made it really simple football. Um, Played to our strengths, you know, in terms of being quite direct when we have the ball. Um, Used Ched's. Power and is obviously a mobile front man. I think playing Bark up there yesterday with him works as well. The fact you've got a bit of pace alongside him to try and stretch the game. But we, if you look at the map, if I touch map, etc., to then the majority of our play yesterday is on the left hand side um, through Greg, Ledson, you know, Ched. So We've clearly targeted their centre midfielder that went off at half-time. Oh, I forgot his name. I think it was Palmer, something like that. But young, quite a young fella. Um, and then, is it Solbauer, their right side centre half? Look like we've done a right job on them too, basically, and, and targeted them from a from a tactical point of view. But I thought we were all right. I just think you know, it's it's good that we're utilising these set pieces. Good ball in from Ledson. Obviously, they probably should clear it if you look at it from a, a neutral point of view. But it's yeah. a, you know, two yards out, you've got to stick it in the net, haven't you, if you're doing story? And to be fair to him, like, he's played every game. He's played every minute of every game since Frankie's took the job. And fair play to him because he's, he's I think, he, he needed that run of games. We said it, didn't we? Like, probably December, January time, we just need to run of games together. Actually, try and make sure you get some partnerships alongside the people he's playing with. Looks like he's coming on. That back three looks fairly solid at the minute, and obviously yeah, he put Sepp and, he's put Sepp and Greg put Sepp and Greggy either side of, of the three centre halves. And I think we look all right. I think we're um, we're not going to football anyone to death. Let's no. be honest, you know, because I don't think we're set up that way at this moment in time with with the shape. But I, I just think that we're getting the job done, getting shots away you know it was, i think we, it was only 9 yesterday but he's is, is was effective.
0: efficient and effective
2: yeah absolutely uh,
0: yeah. just on story you got the obviously got the the who's man of the match uh an assist and a goal
2: we well, can't I'm not saying. give it him could you really if, if, nah. if he's got if he's got that for center half and i don't 8. think you, can... you got well to be fair mate I, I, I don't really read too much into who's you know like who's called man of the match and everything i'd rather see it in the flash of my own eyes, or on, you know, on the screen. But I thought it was decent yesterday. Story. I thought. I thought all back three were. Yeah, the one the first show of jewels. I
0: think. I think the. It was in our group with George, uh, or maybe it was just me and George that said it. But the impression I got with how Daryl Dyke or Daryl DK, DK, however you say it, yeah. How he was playing and he was giving Lindsay a right old time. I thought, mm, "There's a mistake coming here." But as the game grew on, I thought, incredible Like in fairness to Lindsay and credit to
2: him, he,
1: he dealt with him quite well.
2: Uh, he, was a, he was a handful, weren't he, DK? Yeah, strong option, I thought, yeah,
1: yeah, he yeah. looked really good. He looked decent for the level. I thought he was good striking. But no, to be fair, I thought we looked really comfortable um, all afternoon. To be honest, I can't really pinpoint a chance where where you probably reckon that the Oats have scored. I thought North End were always in control. Um, uh, and obviously the goals have come from the set pieces, which is good. Story um, is on the wavelength of, of Barkey because he's got on the end of uh, of a couple of long long lobs now. So, I'm, oh, it's good. Um, I think the, on, the only
0: one for Barnsley was that Chaplin one about 15, 20 minutes in. He, he kind of rushed, yeah, rushed sky the chance and... Yeah. shanked it wide he, he should have done a bit better with that I think
2: obviously made a good save with his feet second half yeah he
0: yeah.
2: did made a really good Lock. save with his feet pinpoint Lightman.
0: shot Whiteman blocked one as well didn't
2: he yeah that went yeah just went wide yeah but that's the only chance its really created you know I thought their football he absolutely clear cut were
1: they
2: no no I think I, their I think football the Chaplin, was simple as I well I the
1: Chaplin it? one was
2: which one one in the first half the first half yeah, one yeah chance.
1: It was a good chance,
0: yeah. Should have done a lot better with it. He just didn't. He was pretty much unmarked in the box. Yeah. Mm. yeah. True.
2: Well, it's another clean sheet. That's the main thing. I mean, it's seven games with Frankie in charge, five clean sheets. So you you can't really knock that, can you?
0: Can't knock um, at all, can you, really?
2: Iverson's played as many games as Deck did pre his injury. He's got two more clean sheets, conceded less, saved more the only thing he hasn't got for him is more points on the board. You know, and it's just strange how football works, isn't it really, in that sort of aspect. Stronger team then, though. You'd argue. Stronger team. Yeah. Ben Davis, Ben Pearson in the team at that point. Darnell. So, <clears throat> Darnell. So, it's a different team now, isn't it? You know, I think we've just got to look at it in that way, that this team now is a completely different one that, to what we started the season with. Um, I'd hate to go back to look at the lineup for that Swansea game. Because what do you reckon? Two, maybe three from yesterday played in that game?
0: Yeah, maybe. Try of... it,
2: it won't be many. Wow, well here we, we go. He? Yeah, I've got it here. So Ripley, Brown at right back, Story, Ben Davis, Andrew Hughes, Ben Pearson, Ryan Ledson, Billy Bowden, Brad Potts, Scott Sinclair, and Tom so, I So Ripley was in that part. <clears throat> Oh, how can you forget that? I
1: thought you were taking the piss.
2: <laughs> so, bar is it's one appearance for us this season, I think it is. So, what five out of the eleven started yesterday? Which is, to be fair, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
0: it's more than I thought too.
2: So. But you know, well, it's key the positions. Absente- the
0: absentees are significant, though, aren't they?
2: Yeah, you've got a different right. You know, Alan Brown played at right back in that game. Plays a ten yesterday. Yeah, you know, so completely different position for him. I was bar better came- with you in the ten, by the way. He oh, he's just absolutely. I, player, I know. Don't get me wrong, we've championed him potentially being a right back on here. And I just think, you know, you look at him yesterday and his, his impact on the game, especially against Coventry potentially as well. I just think he's, he's a lot better than that. I thought he was really quiet first half, Brown, yesterday, but he came into his own in the second half. I thought he got a bit more space and time on the ball. And yeah, his work rate and endeavour was great alongside Ledson and Whiteman. I thought both of them were spot on yesterday as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the partnership started to blossom, isn't it? It's good. It's good to see.
2: Yeah, so uh, Ledson and one who started every game on the Frankie, there's um, done, really, done really well, aren't they? Yeah, I think you, you can't really look past him. Can you now for play it? No, he's no. got a great attitude yeah. as well. I love his mm. attitude.
1: I just love everything about him. To be honest,
2: yeah, it's so on nine bookings though, so you might miss out on a uh, on Saturday just because. Obviously, if he does get a booking, it'll probably roll over to next year. I think so. We don't really Pearson, want to start.
0: Pearson was in a similar situation a couple of years back, wasn't he? And I think Alex. Did Alex rest him for two or three of the last few games? And I think it was the season we beat Burton at home last game of the season. And he, I seem to recall he played in that.
2: Which when Boding got sent of the off for diving. Yeah. yeah. So I can see Ledson getting having a week off this weekend, unfortunately. Because I he think, think he's been great. Yeah, just because he's on nine bookings. We don't want to miss him for the first two games next season if you just pick up a tenth. And the way he plays likelihood is he could requires a pick-up a booking. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I did a bit of digging into um to what we've been doing as well under Frankie and he's keeping the same lads playing each week. You know, there's nine players that have started six or seven games under him. So, you know, the core of your team is is there. Okay. He's not having to, chop, yeah, he's not having to chop and change. It's only three players that have played, that have started one game. And that's Sinclair and DJ in his first game in charge. And then Maguire against Coventry.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, has started two. But then everyone else has thought has played sort of six and seven games. So, you know, Barnic he's keeping that. Again, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it just shows though, like you look at that back line yesterday, and it just felt very like it's Coming on now, you know Lindsay. I thought that is probably one of his best games was yesterday since he joined. Yeah,
1: confidence yeah. is a big thing, isn't it? Uh, and the more they play, the more clean sheets they have, the more more confident they'll be, uh, and the less likely they are to concede goals and make mistakes. Ultimately, so yeah. that uh, that's a big plus for Frankie uh, the fact that uh, he's injected a bit of confidence um, and he's reaping the rewards.
0: And I, I yeah. think you know, like you said at the start, Jim, he's he's reaping the rewards of just going back to basics, keeping it simple. You know, Barky was saying in the press the other week, wasn't he? Um, You know, you get more balls into the box, and you attack more balls into the box, and you you're gonna stand more of a chance of scoring. Um, And that's proving to be the case. Obviously, Jim, you mentioned that yesterday's goal, uh, Saturday's goal, sorry, were second phase of set pieces. Like it's it's there for all to see, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the other thing I noticed when I was doing a bit of digging and actually doing some research before we did this was in. Frankie's seven games we've had 74 shots so that's an average of just over 10 a game 10.5 in Alex Neal's last five games we had 38 which averaged at 7.6 so we're taking more shots and more on target creating more opportunities you know our season average is 10 so we're above the season average for what we've been doing under Frankie I just think and the other thing is what Chad's got five now hasn't he this season from 11 shots on target so when Ched's getting chances he's been quite clinical with them you know and you've got to remember he's missed a penalty of one of those 11 shots on the target as well so he really he should have six in 11 because Shag should be in the back of the net from penalty so when he's actually getting his shots away and he's actually hitting the target pretty much 50% of the time it's going in the back of the net which is a sort of uh, Conversion rate you'd want from one of your strikers. Yeah. So I know I most we were...
0: most of them five have come in the box as well, haven't they, which obviously yeah. shows that he's, he's still got that strikers' instinct, that fox in the box, that poacher, whatever you want to call it.
2: Well that Millwall game was the one that's probably come from outside the area, isn't it? Which is a cracking finish to be fair yeah, to him. Yeah. Um but I just think now we're actually getting shots away, shots on target. You know, <laughs> the last four games we've had fifteen shots on target. And scored six goals you know we're getting there so I just think we are being more clinical what's that more six goals and as well though more yeah.
1: than under Neil obviously um, which isn't a bad thing when you're winning games
2: it's not and I just think it's been effective though like you know we've played into our strengths we've got physically big players in our team you know Sepp's a big lad Liam Lindsay Jordan Story Andrew Hughes we've spoke about a lot about being aerially dominant you know, he won nine of his ten aerial jewels yesterday. So Evan's big fella. Oh, he's he's, a, he's good in the air. He's, he's only six foot, but he's so good in the air. Reads it really well. And right. I think that le- I think that left sided centre half position really suits him because it allows us to get forward from one of our centre halves to to come out with the ball and to push on. And let Greg have more freedom on that left touchline. But it means that because he is very defensive as a, as a player, he's not this attacking. You know, yeah, wing back.
1: Hides his um, sort Deficiency. of limitations going forward. Yeah.
2: yeah. I just think he's, he's, he's defensively a solid left sided player. If you want to play him as a left back, you're not going to get loads out of him going forward. And we, we're all quite aware of that. You know, but I think as a left sided centre half, it probably suits him more than anything because that's where he's at his best. And it's round pegs in round holes, or right, with Frankie. You know, there's no one playing out of position, there's no one doing a job as such. I think in his first game, he had Barkey as a central, central midfielder and Sinclair in there. and I think that was probably square pegs and round holes at that point. But now I just think, you know, you look through the team and there's only set that's really playing out of position. But it doesn't look like he's playing out of position as a wing-back, even though he's a centre-half, because he, ability level, that's probably what he can do. You know, but this guy's... at home, doesn't he? Yeah, I just think, you know, he's unlucky with his... Chance in the first half yesterday. He's had his, head in his hands. I was like, yeah. You can just tell it means something for him, you yeah. know. To, to, I, think to try it. I
0: think his interviews as well recently, you know, where he's come out and said it, it's been a real good experience for him, and he, he he hopes to be back here next season.
2: I was very pessimistic, probably that right word. I think all of us were to be honest. When, when he signed, I was like, "Yeah, mm, don't, don't know what he's not getting the, you know he's playing yeah, under twenty three football." No, I, I didn't play really. Well, and, I,
0: I don't know if you remember, Jim. I'd spoken to um, a friend of the pod who does a bit of work with Liverpool, and he he'd said to me, "Like, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's going to stack up physically at, at the yeah. very least to the championship I, and everything that comes with that." And and credit to the lad, he's done superbly
2: well. I think he's been a breath of fresh air. But I think you know, since January when all the new lads came in, you can't really say that. I suppose Mullumby and Gordon, you're probably a little bit disappointed they've not played more. But at the end of the day, do they They fit into this? Where where do they fit into this system? Yeah. You know, Gordon would probably have to play up front. It's probably not his best position because he's not a wing back. Mullumby, does he get in ahead of Legson and Whiteman at the minute? No. Doesn't get in ahead of Brown in the 10. So where does he fit in? It's probably a, a little bit unfortunate about the manager changing because he was playing. Inconsistently, I'd probably say. You know, he had some absolute stinking games. That Millwall game, he had an absolute shocker. But then Birmingham away, he had a great game for yeah. So, he's probably one of those that all reflect on his loan. And does it damage the relationship with Everton and Brighton? Possibly. Does it strengthen our relationship with Liverpool in terms of SEP? Then I think absolutely, because they probably sent him on loan thinking, you know what, if he plays 10 games, makes a few sub-appearances... Great, he's getting he's helping his development. Christ, how many games has he played now? Probably 15, 16, 17, something like that.
1: Yeah, perfect for us as well because we haven't actually spent a penny, have we?
2: No, because no. it's a free it's a loan. Perfect
1: deal for us, essentially. I know yeah. we lost Ben Davis, obviously, but you, you've got to sort of look past that.
2: Yeah, I just think the other big shouts
0: started 14, one sub appearance,
2: which was the first game, wasn't it? Who did we play? Um, got beat, he, he came on late. Really late on. Was it Rotherham? No. Uh, might have been a bit later than that.
0: Yeah, it was. It was Rotherham. Played yeah. Eight, played 18 minutes.
2: Yeah, it came on late on. I think it might have been for Huntson. They we went three at the back. And yeah. look, he's, he's, <laughs> played,
0: he's played 90 in every single game, apart from the Wickham game since then, where he played 76 minutes.
2: I remember when we got beat, 1-0. So he's probably, was it for an attacking sub? Or did he put Rafferty on? No idea. I think he did bring Rafferty on, didn't he? Because yeah, we thought so. that if that's the last act of Alex Neil, then that's just right. oh, God. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, no, I think he's really enjoyed his longs play, hasn't he? Um, and a happy player. Uh, he's a dangerous player for opposition. So It was an attacking sub. It
0: was uh, Emil Rees for set.
2: You mm, can get away with that.
0: But just going back to Ched as well, apart from the two first two appearances he made where he He came on for twenty minutes, near enough, and four minutes. He's played at least seventy minutes. Well, near enough seventy. There's one game where he played sixty-eight, but for the sake of the point, he's played seventy minutes in at least seventy minutes. Sorry, in every single game that he's played since then, with the majority being ninety. So he's obviously trusted.
2: Yeah, I think you know what I know. We were concerned when we signed Chad. You know, myself, it was more about the football and. I didn't get it because he was a League One strike at 32. But I just think he's been very good for us. I think he's, he's come in and he's... can tell he's got that desire to want to really prove a point. And, you know, I know he's been rewarded with a two-year contract on the back of it as well. Um, yeah, we want to see more goals from next season, which hopefully we will. The minute you look at the squad and you think, he's probably going to be our top scorer next season at this, right? Yes. You know, he's Especially going, with
0: he's, Sinclair sort of disappearing into the ether since Frankie's taken charge.
2: Yeah. Um, I think he's he's on ten goals for the season now, Chad, if you include his fleet spell. Um you know, twelve,
0: I think he got two in the league cup as well. So
2: Yeah, so he's he's had an alright season really. Um you know, ten ten goals in the league from thirty seven games. So yeah, you want to probably improve that ratio next year. But yeah, I just think he's been very good since he's been here. So, yeah, long may that continue next year. I think he does need, I suppose, a bit, of, a bit of an helping hand up top. Not sure. Barkley's I like Barky with him. I like. Barkley I do. Well. I, I think barky's a great option to have because of his throw as well. Which really, Barky
1: can can add goals. Then wow, it'd be it'd be absolutely class for us.
2: Coming um, streaks as well with him, don't yeah. they? I just think yeah. he scored four and five early in the, the season. Player, he? Absolutely.
1: Regards Evans, he's a sort of striker who there's, there's a lot more to his game than goals. Like like the work that he does with his back to goal, I think it's class. Yeah, uh, I love that sort of player as well. Like uh, he, he's nowhere near as good as Hugh but he's a bit like Hugh Um Yeah, I really like him.
2: He's probably a bit more experienced than Hugh isn't it? Because you know, oh yeah. it's time he, at Sheffield he United, was
1: raw and green.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: when he was here, uh, but he started to go into his own. Obviously, before he left, but yeah, Evans is a bit more wily. Uh, he wins a lot. Of goals. Uh, he goes down a bit easier at times, but we're not complaining when he gets fouls. So yeah, good.
0: I think a lot, a lot of what we've just discussed obviously will depend on who is the man in charge come next season. Uh, we've all had our say on it in the past, but obviously let's just talk about Frankie a bit more and a bit more specifically about whether or not you think he. He'll get it because uh, obviously his record since he's taken over has been remarkable. To be honest, given the sides that we've played as well,
2: you've got to give him a lot of credit. And I think he'll have learned a lot from the experience of being a an interim head coach, especially here. I know he's worked with some big names in the past. You know, he's worked with the likes of Alan Irving, and you know when he was at Norwich, and obviously he's worked under Alex Neil. Um, but I think having the gig himself has probably benefited him. Probably make him know if he wants to do it longer term or not. But I think, you know, he's coming across so much better in the press as well, you know, in terms of like, I remember his first press conference and I thought, God, what have we done? And like, this this week when he's talked to Lanks, he's talked to George and, and the guys in the media, he, he comes across so positive. He comes across really you know, enthusiastic and, you know, positive. And I just think that's rubbing off on the players so much. You look at the celebrations for the two goals we scored on, on Saturday. And you think they're together. They're as a, I as love a it when all the
1: players go together. I love yeah. I remember, it's a bit of a, a sort of, um, like a throwback to yesteryear as such, like that, that under King Billy Davis and and, and, and times like that, when they'd all sort of jump on each other and stuff. Especially Claude running up and jumping over the group.
2: Yeah, I, it's like I think Jordan Story did that yesterday for the second yeah. goal for Chad goal. It's like, but well, I remember Billy saying, you know, when we had a training session under Billy, he's like, make sure you celebrate as a team and make sure the opposition know you've scored, and you know, take your time, celebrate together, be together. You know, take thirty seconds out of the game. Yeah, you know, but like let let the opposition know you've scored, and you now this is going back. 16, 17 years now. But I'll always remember that because it's mad, isn't it?
0: Numerous players that played under Billy and were part of that sort of, that group, that cohesive unit. And they've all said like it felt at times like it was us against the world. And that was what Billy had instilled in them. The whole, if you're going to fight one of us, you're fighting all of us kind of mentality. Apart from the time that said you ran away from Marlon Harewood at West Ham down the tunnel. I don't blame him, to be fair. I think I'd run away.
2: You're exactly right. It's like, it's, and I seen that yesterday, like that togetherness and it feels like, I know we said this before, but the shackles are off. You know, it probably isn't as disciplined down at Exton. They're probably having a bit more fun with Frankie. And I just think, they're probably allowed to express themselves in yeah. the way that they all want to express themselves, and that's no slight like likes Neil. You know, we we know that he likes to give the players loads of information and and, and give them probably too much information at times. But it seems like everything's just gone very simple, and you know they're, they're enjoying you themselves. Can, they're playing football them... in the right way as well. You yeah. know, we're playing to our strengths. You know, there's no point trying to football your opposition to death when that's not your if strength. You can't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Every game we've had less than 50% possession on the Frankie. Every single game. So, well, so I, I,
0: my question to you then does this run of form and the results that he's got warrant him being given the job? It's such a
1: difficult question, that. Yeah, it is. Uh, and if you want well, to that's, Ultimately, it,
0: that's what he's going to be judged on, though, isn't it? So Yeah you know yeah. they're not they're not going to look if the results have been shy and we've managed to scrape safety they're not going to look at I don't think anyway I don't think they'd look at oh well the training grounds like fun but we've lost 5 1 2 no, we'll and managed to stay yeah. up but we'll give yeah. you the job because it's fun at the training like it is results that he that he's going to be yeah. judged on
1: I think I think the best way to describe <laughs> uh, an answer uh, would be to record uh, your reaction, Jimmy, to that question, because it was like it was like agony, uh, because you're inclined to say yes, but really you know in your hearts of hearts it's no, um, and that, and that is is the best way to describe it. You would you would be upset if you got the job, would you? But you, I don't know.
0: You wouldn't be you wouldn't be singing and dancing about it either, would you? No disrespect to, that, that be going any to any it. of his family that are listening to this. Like, you know, I wouldn't
1: be, be going to pot he's done. <laughs> well,
0: no. not many of us
2: I'll, will be getting
0: that. I wouldn't be going mate. to pot.
2: I think that's it's clear. like it's like a family member getting a, winning lottery isn't it, if he got the job, because you'd feel so happy for him. But you think, what are it's you going right to do it. with that? What are you going to do with it? And I just think I I look at it in a really simplistic view. You know, out of the eight goals we scored in the seven games, five of them have come from set pieces. You know, we're not. It's not like we're cutting teams open and exploiting teams when we're playing. And, you know, and we're playing. Not-
0: Let's not forget early on, Norwich and Swansea. Two say two late late goals were our saving grace in that yeah,
2: game. Uh, yeah, but to be fair, we Deserve deserved it against Swansea. Swansea. We absolutely yeah. deserved it Nor- against Swansea. Yeah, we. Got bastard. Yeah, we yeah, but Pookie didn't come it at the target, and yeah, we punished him different. in the ninety fifth minute. That's a box cut with a deflection. Uh, yeah, and when you look in, and when you make your own looking life, and Frankie deserves that. Frankie absolutely deserved that that equaliser against Norwich because taking over a ship that was destined for quite rocky shores, then he did what he needed to do. And you know, you look at the results. You know, the four wins, the all to nil, were keeping clean sheets within them games. You know, two draws going to Stoke. You know, and giving up. You know, nearly sixty percent of possession, and we still should have won the game. You know, who's hitting the post late on? Mellon Brown getting taken out and thrown on goal, you know, we've with opportunities in that second half to win the game. You know, Brentford was a, we were beaten by a very good team on the day. You know, a team that are in the playoffs for a reason. But as well, so, you,
0: you know, you mentioned Frankie in the press and he's come out and said, do you, do you know what, I was probably a bit too gung-ho in that and in trying to, to get something from the game.
2: Fair play to him for being that open and honest because you'll have some managers that won't be able to reflect on that and take any blame. And, um, I know this is going off on a tangent, but there's a thread on Pirney Online and the mention about Phil Brown. And I remember when you interviewed him, Jake, that I just never felt that he took any responsibility for the actions that ultimately, you know, not winning the first 14 games, led to us getting relegated that season. But, you know, he talked about the players going back. And I remember he got Ricardo Gardner in, you know, Jamaican international at left back. Probably a good replacement for Richard Delight at that point. He couldn't you stay know, it's fit, not, though, could he? He couldn't stay fit, but you—it's not like that's not our fault, you know. He's recruited the men that he wanted to to bring into the club, and they couldn't do the job. Mm. But so it just felt like Ellington and Cole, yeah, Ellington. Leon, Leon Clark, I mean, um, hiring Leon in, Courtney hiring, well. bringing in Ian
0: Ashby was a criminal offence anyway. But, Ian well, Ashby, Jesus
2: Christ! <laughs> but this is what I mean, like you know, he. He didn't take any responsibility for his actions. I don't think Frankie he ever did. No, he's not. No, he's not. But Frankie has. Do. Frankie's Frankie's only been here eight game well, seven games in charge permanently. But he's come out in the press straight away after that Brentford game I said, Look, I reviewed it. I went a bit too gung go. You know, went for it at 2-0 down, we got beat five end of the day the difference between 2-0 and 5-0 isn't actually that much is it really because you've so, lost the game losing
0: three points you're have
2: st- yeah. y- not you not taking anything from the game you just yeah. sort of draw a line under it and move on which they've done you know and in the game since what is it 5 unbeaten so that was the second game wasn't it so Norwich and Brentford well, and then we've win
1: sheets in a row as well after conceding was it's 5 it's uh, 5 in a row yeah is it 5 in it's
2: a row four. Four. it's 4
1: is it, is it 4 yeah, it's 4 definitely yeah um, but yeah, after conceding a hatful, uh, to go on a run of clean sheets is is really good. Yeah, and to keep the heads up after that is is impressive. To be fair, uh, and and, it, and he deserves a lot of credit for that.
2: The so, one thing I would say, just my other only other concern is it's it's only seven games. You know, people are saying, oh, it's promotion form over the course yeah, of a small, season. Yeah. It's small a very small size, sample yeah. size, yeah. you know. And we're coming to the end of the longest season we've ever known. You know, by the time we play Forest on, on Saturday lunchtime, that's 56 games in nine months. Yeah, that's ridiculous amount of games for a club of our size. You know, everyone's knackered, not just us. You know, we've not exactly got the biggest squad depth either. So... I think Frankie coming in, giving us that little bit of a, if you want to call it a new manager bounce or a bit of confidence, resetting it back to basics, whatever you want to call it, I think that's probably helped us as well. Fresh pair of eyes coming in. Yeah. So just, you, just know, I, you much... can't compare it to a full season just because you can't take this seven games and multiply it by eight or whatever it is and get in the full season. It Football doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah because over the course of a season, you can get suspensions, you can get injuries, you're going to get a loss of form from players. And you know Positive he's not really had that
1: momentum.
2: yet. Yeah, you, you know ebbs and flows, doesn't it? You know he spoke he spoke, he ebbs ebbs spoke flow, yes,
1: Jimmy, Yeah, it does ebb and flow, You're
2: right. He spoke in the press about how how important momentum is to him as a as a, <laughs> as a coach, which I absolutely loved. I wanted
1: him out. <laughs> I was
2: so happy when he said thought, that about momentum.
1: How can this man possibly be in charge of a championship football club, believing that sort of nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> but, um,
0: how much, how much would you put the the sort of positive influence down to the likes of Galley, Tomo, Mike Pollitt, as well?
1: It's hard for us to answer that, isn't it? Because we're not there. Yeah. But, uh, you'd, you'd like to think a decent chunk, yeah.
2: You think it's collective effort. It's not. Funky's not just done it himself. So, I th- you know what? I think it's. Um, Someone's just rounded it up really well, actually, on, on, on one of the forums. And he said, Alex Neil worried about the opposition. Frankie, Frankie McAvoy is letting them worry about us. And you know what? That is absolutely spot on in terms of the difference in mindset since he's come in.
0: I think a few players have come out and said that at times he felt like they were maybe being overloaded with information when Alex was here. So if you know like we said back to basics and it's it's worth to treat on it so far
2: get the ball um, in the box get the big lads up there you know test the keeper just a simple Sunday league stuff you know that mean yeah. you'll probably do Jake most weeks you know test the keeper early doors keep testing him throughout the game put balls into the box because you might put 20 crosses into the box and might all be defended really well might put one in the box that isn't your best cross but get shanked into net or finds your centre forward in next minute's a goal. Just it's football's a really simple game, complicated by idiots like me.
0: <laughs> so last last point then before we break, is it Frankie in or is it Frankie out for you two?
1: Certainly not out. Um wouldn't mind him staying at the club in whatever capacity. Uh, but my answer to do I want him to get the job is yo, a mix of yes and no. For
0: God's sake.
1: Sorry, (laughs) sorry guys.
2: It's a no from me, unfortunately. Um, I, I do want him to remain at the club in some capacity, probably as an assistant head coach. It's quite evident to see that he is well liked by the players and well liked by a lot of people at the club. I don't really want to see that experience and that sort of nice personality be removed from the club. Reminds me of when John Dreher, um stayed on after Mr. Wesley left. Players love Tumble. You know, he might not have been the world's most fantastic coach or anything like that, but around the players and around all the people he at the club, was, he, he was, was fantastic. Enjoyed, he? Everyone liked yeah. him, didn't they? Everybody Everyone loved him. Tumble. Yeah.
1: And, and, and on the terrace, on, on the terraces, not terrorists. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was going to say, where are you going with it?
1: Jesus. I
0: think, as well, something that stood out to me when I interviewed Alan Kelly, um, he he was full of praise for Steve Thompson.
1: Mm. He's all right for a yes, man, isn't he?
2: Who? <laughs> hey, Tom? Oh, thank you. Oh, well, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, on that note, uh, we can call that part one, I think. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. to Matters Football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read, and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanx.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we've got the pie Gate finale, and we'll look ahead to the game, the final game of the season even, on Saturday. Yeah, before we get into this, I just want to say a big massive thank you from all three of us um, to Clayton Park Bakery uh, sorting us right out with some very good baked goods and some cakes as well, I have to say. I was uh, pleasantly surprised at the addition of a few chocolate eclairs and some scones. Uh, what else did we get? Lemon slice, fruit slice, jam slice, bakewell
2: slice. I had one of them yesterday, coming back from a farm. That bakewell slice was really nice.
0: Yeah, they're good. They're good. Very good. I put two fresh fresh well.
1: this weekend alone. <laughs> <laughs> Have you both <laughs> got through Cooked all your
2: pies? I had to put one in the freezer. Yeah, I've had to put I a one in the I have also put one yeah. in the freezer, yeah. Put me uh, my, my three cheese and three cheese, one in the freezer. I got two yeah. of them well, that's not that one, true, though. That's true,
1: actually. I didn't put any in the freezer, but Mum put them in the fr- put a couple in the freezer because it was clogging up her fridge, she said. Uh, Mum's the I believe told me and I'd have I'd have cleared the fridge. <laughs> by eating them. But no, she weren't having any of it.
0: Um what was your favourite from what you've had?
1: Um, the steak and ale I love a good steak and ale you in didn't cotton, take any uh,
0: red meat pies did you Jim
2: didn't unfortunately my missus had one though did she enjoy it she had- yeah she did she had some steak and something she enjoyed it so it was nice it was a nice little treat when you uh, rang me on Thursday Jake when I was in a-, a team meeting on Thursday afternoon uh, I've got your face popping up on my phone saying are you in I'm like <laughs> what? <laughs> he goes, well, I've got, I've got a boot full of pies. Oh yeah, I, I'm in all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the of a team meeting. Just as I was, just as as, as I was present, nah, what is up with me today? Just as I was presenting, I was like, I gave color a knock on the door, I'm like, brilliant. So I had to put myself on mute and turn my camera off because obviously, team's call. Cool, as I think everyone's probably been in if you're working for home and stuff. Um, yeah, and, nuts there has got literally a massive tray full of pies and cakes. I was like, this is absolutely splendid because I didn't had any dinner. Literally came in the house at five to one. I meeting it's at one o'clock. So uh, yeah, nice uh, Good butter pie, butter felt, pie and a chocolate. Eclair.
0: Felt like I felt five thousand that day.
1: <laughs> Did you heat it
2: up or is it cold, Jim? I put it in the oven for twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Have you an you know, oven warmer? What else are you gonna warm it in? Microwave. On... Yeah, you it I know, microwave, but, it's... but yeah, it's not great, is it? It's not. It's not Quality the authentic wise, taste. It's the oven, yeah, it's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you're in work and you rush in, yeah, you put it in the microwave. But if you want a, a nice crispy pie, mm. then put it in the oven for twenty minutes. Spot on. I but don't like
1: them cold, though. It's a bit controversial, but um, across from the cricket club um, down on the Middle of the Green. Um, and there's a spa shop just across the road, so it's a, it's the perfect if, if you've got out early, just a nip over to the shop and you'll know and all about that, your yourself. sorrows in, in uh, yeah, oh yeah, do I? Um, <laughs> and drown your sorrows in, in pies and pastries and all that. So yeah.
0: Well, it's funny you mention spa because if anyone wants to buy a Clayton Park pie, you can uh, head to your local spa shop and pick one up from there. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, sorry to say to listeners and you boys, my opinion still hasn't changed on Butter Pies. I st- still think they're overrated. As Enjoyed enjoyable as the Clayton Park Butter Pie was, uh, it's the first one that I've had in a while. I did enjoy it, but it's, bait- it's just hot pot without the meat.
2: You've just moaned that we've gone from five stars to 4.9 on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and now you've just like regurgitated that horrendous opinion on Butter Pies. What is wrong with you? Just keep that to yourself. Would, would yeah. people
0: rather me lie? Yes. Yes.
2: Definitely. This is Preston. This is Preston. <laughs> you are like dissing the Preston delicacy that is a butter pie. Just face you got, facts. Like, parched peas, Nick. He's, he's already said that. He's not already said that. Don't. Don't. I had him and Jack not like not having any sort of culinary taste from the Preston delicacy handbook. It was horrendous. Yeah. But. Yeah, we need to move on but thank you very much Clayton Park Bakery I yeah. um, I fully enjoyed my £4 that I've put on this weekend so, so yeah, it's good yeah, job I've got three really games in a week uh, and
1: I'll continue to enjoy as well because I've got a couple of pies left over so I'm looking forward to them so heartfelt thanks to Clayton yeah,
0: Park they're going to take me into next week for my dinners as I start my new job at Lang's Live so very much looking forward to that you've got a new got a job at Lang's, Lang's Live, Live. you've got a new
1: job at Lang's Live it, have Jay? You? <laughs> oh my word I'd have never
2: known. I mentioned it five, six, hundred times in the past week and a half. Not enough. (laughs) Just call (laughs) them
0: Not enough, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, no, I echo what both of you have said. Massive, massive shout out to Clayton Park and and get down to your local spa shop to pick up some of their baked goods. Highly recommended. Um, Especially the chocolate eclairs, if if you've got any of them. I thoroughly enjoyed them. They were gone in about five minutes, both of them.
1: Every credit. I, I, I think we're also inclined to um, tell other companies if they want to hand us free food, and we'll be only too pleased to take it.
0: I had uh, my father-in-law saying, why don't you try reviewing like TVs or something and see if you get a company offering to send your TVs? <laughs> I don't think it works like that.
1: <laughs> but if anyone's got any
0: headphones that they want to send us or any microphones that might improve the, the audio quality of the podcast, then feel free.
1: Not scavengers or anything, i from them. <laughs> the, yeah, no. We have only, the free stuff.
0: I'm only jesting, I'm only jesting. Didn't get into this for the uh, free food. Not, no,
2: just the free, free entry to the ground for the last game of the season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> last home game of the season, Jim, because the last yeah. game of the season is against Forest.
2: It is indeed. Roll on Saturday, half past twelve. Quite looking forward to watching Sheffield Wednesday against Derby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get that verb, play You can't ready,
2: won't you? I can't wait for Derby to go down, mate. I've been uh, people will know that I have a personal problem with Derby County Football Club. Can't right on it, uh, no, but anyway, um, it's going back probably a good two decades this, uh personal rivalry between me and that football club, so um, I'm quite looking forward to popping the uh, the old champers if they get relegated on Saturday. So, quite looking forward to a nice little socially distant barbecue and a few beers. Good to see the lads again. Just uh, our traditional end of season do, but uh, social distance, which will be... uh,
0: Respect and all guidance.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Good to um, hear that 21st of June is not too long off and we can... Finally have a, a cuddle with those wish idea. Uh, I hope Joe Garner's back in the coach by then. And um, so yeah, forest is a... Uh,
0: Sorry to rain wait. on your parade though, mate. It's looking like it's gonna be a washout on Saturday.
2: Doesn't matter, mate. there to be a gazebo or we'll put all an umbrella, be fine. As long as I've got a beer on my hands. No. I don't
1: have to play cricket.
2: Well, after the, <laughs> after, after your show in this weekend, mate, that might be a good thing. So <laughs> like yeah. I said. Less said the better. Yeah. Moving on swiftly. Move on. Yeah, but Forest, yeah. Um I looked through the I'll I a will cut long story short. I was speaking to a Forest fan at work on Friday who watches all the games, lives down there on a Teams call, and I just said, like, what do you like? Which is not really seeing much of you like this season. And he just said, boring. Which pretty much summed it up. And then I went through all the numbers and I thought yeah, I can Boy. see why I said that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to say, you look at their recent results and uh, you can you can understand why that has been levelled at them.
2: Yeah, two wins in the last 13, seven draws, four defeats. It's no winning was, five, is it? Yeah, no one in. well, no in five. Only three only clean sheets. Defeat, and,
0: only one defeat yeah. in five. Two goals scored in five games.
2: Yeah, we looked at them before, didn't we? Before we came on air and one of one them's one a penalty one one in the 97th minute. And the I other remember. one is comical, comical <laughs> defending. Um, but Grabbins grabbed them both. Decent bowling by Knockart. You know, yeah. you've got to look on their their team on paper and you think. Should be doing how, better, really. How's Grabbins? Yeah, massively. Grabbins only scored six goals all season. Um, you know, I like James Garner that spent the first half of the season and all alone at Watford, but didn't really do much. Really, probably in the ben Pearson type of mould. Good footballer, but you know, in that sort of anchor point in midfield. Um, in terms of Forest, only Birmingham, Derby have scored less than them this season. They've scored 36 and 45 games, have so- scored the same amount as Wickham, who aren't exactly known for their uh, goal-scoring exploits. But only three teams have conceded fewer goals, and they're all in the top six. So, you know, the amount of nil-nils they've all had this season, or, games under 2.5 goals, if you want to put it in that way. Because I know this season's been that way inclined anyway, but I think it's probably affected Forest more than most. You know, when you're at the city ground and you've got nineteen, twenty thousand, 20,000, you know, on your side as well, I think that probably helps you uh, as a player.
0: Yeah, it's a different, completely so. different kettle of fish, isn't it? Different
1: ball yeah. game.
2: So, probably didn't help them at the start of the season. I, I was start the season under Lamucci and blowing the playoffs on the final de- game of last season when they got beat when 4-1 against Stoke. No, when they blew it against Stoke. Was it 4-1 they got beat, didn't they?
1: Yeah.
2: And missed out on the playoffs on goal difference to Swansea, I think, Nipton, didn't they? Yeah. Um. God, that's a year ago. I'm, my mind's still working. So, yeah, I think that sort of hangover went into the start of the season. And, you know, fair play to Chris Hewitt because he studied the shit. But um, I think they'll probably kick on next year Will be their time to sort of shine, so
1: yeah. You think a team with sort of uh, grabbing, uh, knock, or I'm not sure if they'll have uh, that gone the, the next season, but a team re- you, you can't keep a team like that down for too long, really. No, um, but, uh, and you mentioned there about the lack of goals, you can expect an absolute goalathon on Saturday, I no, can't it? be about 8 8 or something, <laughs> and they said that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm expecting. Uh, a pretty dull, scrappy affair, but hopefully we end the season positively and with a positive result.
0: Yeah, well we've ended our home season with a positive result, so let's, let's hope we can round off the season as a whole.
1: Yeah, that was good, wasn't it, to end uh, end the home campaign with a win because it's not, it's not always been easy at home. Uh, it's perhaps a good job that the supporters weren't in there, uh, but it would have been a nice end if they were there, just to see uh, a little bit of progression from sort yeah. of at the start of the season at home anyway
2: yeah I'll still maintain our our home form wouldn't have been as bad as it has been with fans in the ground
1: no absolutely chance. no
2: chance Six, Six wins anyone, twi-
0: anyone who says different they can come on and we'll have a discussion about it because
2: so, I just don't think it happens I know yeah. I know some of the performances have been poor in like you look at that was it Rotherham game when Rafferty's put it in his own net after 15 seconds, and yeah. you know, oh God, yeah, you know, what
1: mills though. It, it just doesn't happen. It just think, doesn't happen. No, nah,
2: I think six, that one Rafferty, Rafferty one, goal cro- cropped
0: up in one of the uh, list on Twitter the, uh, like early last week. So like the quickest goals of the season, it was like the fourth quickest goal this season.
2: 14 or 15 seconds, weren't it? <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, that's the,
1: really it's the
2: quickest heading. own goal of the season. Definitely. I don't. I don't <laughs> so you know, everyone else on that list. I looked at that list. Jake had like ten goals, ten quickest goals in the AFL. Everyone had been scored by a player. You think, all right, and then you have just got Joe Rafferty own goal. I'm like, oh god, Can you not <laughs> talking about that. It's one of
1: the that? quickest own goals of all time. It must be up there, sort of top twenty. I
2: dread That's to thin, think. No, I don't. I, I. don't want to think about it. To be honest, outside it's so like I've, I've erased it from my memory. But
1: it's one to forget in a hurry, is it?
2: Yeah, just... Um, forget,
1: consign it to the history books and be done with it. And yeah. And hopefully consign Joe Rafferty to the history books.
2: Bless him. He tried, didn't he?
1: Bless his cotton socks.
2: Yeah. It's interesting some of them, like, regardless of what happens with manager, you know, the players that are out of contract and obviously next next summer's guys are out of contract as well. I think Rafferty's one of them. There's you plenty know, of dead wood. Mm. So... Interestingly we got- as
0: well, across the board, there's a lot of players out of contract. And obviously, Peter said when he was on with me and you, Jimmy, that January was just a test run or a trial run. I can't forget the exact wording um, for the summer. So, yeah, it's going to be... I think
1: be... COVID has had, has had a big impact on that probably, hasn't it? No, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sort
0: of... In- like, interesting for me though, that there's there's players well. there that... Uh, They they might not have been offered contracts, I don't know. But if they're refusing to sign new contracts at the club, holding out in the hope that they get offered more money elsewhere, struggle to see where that's going to come, given the circumstances that everyone's in.
2: I think everyone's going to take a if you're up for a gamble, you know, a lot of footballers are. Let's be honest, then they might be able to bet themselves elsewhere. They might see that you know, a Premier League club that's in. Europe, for example, might take a gamble on them because they're English and they count towards their quota. The Look quotes, at ben yeah. Davis. Look at ben Davis, like, is it Jap? he's like, He's not even kicked a ball, but financially, I you know, know he'll be looking at Joe Rafferty for their quota. No, I don't think they will.
1: <laughs> City
0: unless City coming in with a deadline day offer.
1: Yeah, but like us like, It's got Carson.
2: It's got Carson who's yeah. who's still at City.
1: It's got Carson like, Richard right before him.
2: It's just like, like yeah. yeah. So,
1: Lanners. Lee Grant at United,
0: One is at Liverpool and obviously uh, ended up finishing with quite a loady, uh, a trophy-laden spell at the Reds.
2: Fair place for him as well.
0: Yeah, Club absolutely. World champ. Cannot Club um,
2: Premier League medal. What, what more would you want?
0: Last point, boys. Uh, obviously, we've, well, you and I have, Jim, uh, and obviously the pod taken part in the the social media blackout over the weekend um the the message is important i think well it definitely is uh but i fail to see how it's going to have a, an impact on the social media companies to be honest
2: well i think the biggest thing is jake you know a lot of people will have deleted their accounts this weekend or deleted their apps and the social media companies will make a lot of their money through the advertising People, you know, people that advertise on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you social media that you use. You know, I personally, I've personally have just deleted my Twitter app this weekend, because I know what I'm like, I'll go on it and I'll just see what's what's happening. You know, and I'll be it tonight before I go to bed. I might have a quick browse, but there won't be anything there because from what I gather, majority of the fan base and obviously football Twitter accounts have removed themselves this weekend, which has been great to see and hear. Yeah, it's about, great. About. It's
0: great, and and it's good that football is uniting together on that front. Because I mean, I'm sure all three of us agree that we stand against any form against, of discrimination. Uh, did have a few idiotic comments on Facebook when I'd shared a few things around, people linking it to BLM and all that sort of stuff. Which, yeah,
2: but you're always going to get an idiot in the yeah. fan base. Look at look at United's protest yesterday. You know, you have two, maybe three thousand people protesting. It in a, a nice way, and then you get one idiot that throws a full can of beer at, towards Graham Sooners uh, and a and a what's it and a lit flare. It's like, well, you're always going to get idiots in a fan base, aren't you? Unfortunately, yeah. and that's just life in general. You're always going to get idiots in life. And um, I think how it affects social media companies, Jake, is that the amount of people that have not been on social media this weekend, you know, will affect them their advertising revenues. Because I people,
0: personally, I don't think it'll have that much of a massive impact. If you think like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the global companies.
2: Yeah, yeah, but in the UK, so if you you're a British business, and you want to target a, I don't know, an eighteen to thirty five year old male bracket about a sporting event, and there, uh, and you've wanted to do it this weekend, your target audience has gone from probably seven, eight, nine million users on Twitter to probably a million, two million, maybe, you know, and to lose that, you know, to lose 75% of your active users over the course of a weekend will affect them in the pocket, undoubtedly. And I think that's the key thing for me, you know, it's by having a blackout this weekend, isn't going to change the world, but it'll hopefully it'll make the social media companies stand up and think, they off. actually, they, you know, they they are serious, you know, because if you think about it, how many followers do the likes of Man City, Man United, Liverpool, you know, your likes of Arsenal have on Twitter? They've got millions, and you talk, you know, you're not well, just talking. I think we've got hundred ni- something if thousand, combined the ninety two. Well, exactly. You know, you've got all those people that have said, you know what, nah, we're not, we're not tweeting, we're not I'm putting, not putting anything on any of our social medias as well. And you know what? The the concerning thing is there will still be idiots out there this weekend that will be tweeting abuse and there will be discriminating against these people due to either a protected characteristic or just being plain vulgar based on their performance this weekend. You know, what these social media companies need to do is get together, get around a table with key sporting organisations across the world and saying, enough's enough you know, North End's stance of enough is enough was absolutely spot on. And what the coverage that they did on Thursday and Friday before the blackout was, was fantastic. And it's great to see so many people supporting it. You know, I've not tweeted. I know you have, Sal, you know, but, you know, you've tweeted for your own reasons. And that's absolutely fine because, yeah, you know, definitely. I haven't personally because I, I wanted to... I've quite enjoyed the break, to be honest, from the yeah, first Because I'm... I'm I'm a social media addict. You can speak to my wife. She absolutely hates me being on social media because I'm always on Twitter saying, Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this cat? And it's like, you know, but she's not interested. She doesn't give a shit. But I, I think the fact is that the more people that take a stand against it, the more people that report stuff. And when, when something isn't right, stand up and say that it's not right. Because you don't want to be the person that lets something happen and, you know, there's that incident in Scotland, I don't know if you've seen it last week, where a player's retired because he's been abused on the pitch by another player about his mental health. You know, he's just retired. He's, he's knocked on the head at half so I ain't doing this anymore. Yeah. You know, we need to sort of come together as, as people to actively take a stand against any sort of level of abuse and discrimination of any sort. Because... You know, especially after the year we've all been through—just fifteen months now, whatever it is since since March last year—and I just think, like, come on, you know. And the world's gone a bit, do Lally, hasn't it? In that time, and I think the level of abuse and discrimination on social media has probably got worse in that time, not not better. You know, there's well, we the be kind.
0: We had PC Elliot on, didn't we? P and E police on Twitter, and he said that the number of hate crimes reported last year I think it was had increased so never mind I think the, I think the increase had happened just before the lockdown had happened So never mind mm. what it looked like post lockdown
2: it's just it's very easy when you hit for people when they hit behind a profile that's not attributed to them to say what they think to say what's on the mind despite it probably being illegal and get away with it you know it's what suspending an account, that's just like it's a drop in the ocean isn't it really it doesn't yeah. solve the problem you know why aren't we reporting these ip addresses you know that can be tracked to people you know why aren't social media companies how you know teaming up with the government for example use government gateway you know as, a, as an, a, an enabler to link somebody's id to a profile it doesn't have to be through the 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 social media companies. Do I want Facebook or Twitter having access to my passport or my ni number or anything like that? Absolutely not. But if you want to link it to a government gateway, for example, say yeah, this is me, Jimmy Atkinson. This is linked to me. You know, this is uh, you know we are, we authorize this person is verified. You know, people have a blue tick on Twitter and or whatever it is. You know, because it's a verified account. Well, why can't that happen for the rest of the people that use Twitter? yeah I, I, I just don't understand you know, and maybe someone wants to educate me on that, but it's should be fairly a simple, straightforward process. but then again I look at it and think, well the UK population of twi- for, for Twitter is probably very small. You know their biggest sort of catchment, if you want to call it that is probably the Americas. And we've seen what's happened over there over the past two years. It's just absolute carnage. So, sorry for yeah. going off on one there. I'm, no, like, no, not I'm passionate about. I, I, I agree it really completely good. with Pretty the stance me. taken.
0: Um, yeah, I just I fail to see in the short to medium term that it'll have the impact that everyone hopes it will have. Uh, like you said, yeah. Jim, you know when when the blackouts over, the idiots will be back out. They've probably been out there over the week. They've been
2: out already, Jake. Yeah. You know they are not fussed yeah. about a blackout.
0: No. They're,
2: they're not asked because they're Neanderthals at the end of the day. They'll yeah, do what exactly. they want any day uh, they do what they want.
0: Like you, though, I have enjoyed the break from it. I'm not going to lie. It's been nice to not have to think about posting things and think about the replies that are going to come in and, like, Whoa, what's this going to say? What's that going to say? Because, you know, we talk about mental health, and, and I think a lot of these people that tweet stuff, and we've had it on the From the Finney account before, you know, Ollie, Ollie got a load of stick and abuse over the last probably six months before he left the podcast people don't think especially behind an account like from the finney that there's actually people that read that every day you know look think of of hannah that runs the pioneer account anything that gets tweeted into the pioneer account hannah or ben whoever it is has got to read that and at the end of the day they're they're people you know they're just doing a job they don't deserve other people's abuse and and stick because that person doesn't agree with something that a decision has been made by someone higher up at the club or by a league or an FA or whoever it may be, um, you know, things like copyright and stuff like that, the club don't need to get stick for it because at the end of the day, copyright is a law. It's there to be adhered to. And, you know, <laughs> the, it, yeah, I, I think my, my point I think, is clear.
2: Yeah, I think we could, we could all be educated more on the matters, let's be fair. I, I mean, copyright is something that, I'll be honest, I haven't a bloody clue on Jake. Not a clue. I just know that I can't put videos on social media or anything like that because I've seen what's happened to other accounts. They've been suspended or taken down. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. You know, even if I wanted to do a bit of on a, a bit of analysis, I know that I'm probably You're running the risk pushing my luck, you know, and I, I don't really want to take you know take the risk to be fair. Um but that's probably why I don't put much on there in terms of videos or pictures and stuff like that, because at the end of the day, if, it's, if the picture's not yours or the video's not yours, it isn't yours. It's not yours to use. You know, I, I think you've got to credit your sources in the, the day. I remember there was a bit of a time about two, three years ago on social media when people copy each other's tweets and just send them out as their own. Yeah. It's like, well, hold on. Still happens that's now. that's plagiarism. That's, <laughs> does, yeah. you know. um
0: still see it now, even amongst North End fans.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, just is what it is. I just think you know we've just got to be careful about like, what we do put on there and make it your own opinion. You know, end the day if you're interested in you, you've got a fair shout of an opinion. Then put it on Twitter. Voice if it, you just yeah. if you're just going to call someone whatever expletive you want to use and say you're an absolute whatever the word may be watch my language today, I've been really careful. Um <laughs> then that's not really benefiting anyone, is it? You know, it's like think about the shadow that you're leaving as a person, you know, because yeah. if you're just being a bit of a tool on social media, like well, what is you're probably a bit of a tool in real life and people won't really want to know yeah.
1: you. I but- no, reckon you put it really well, uh you too. uh my stance on the blackout, you'll notice that I've been tweeting during the blackout and it's because <sighs> In my opinion, as a rule, they don't really work. Social media sort of protests. Uh, you you cash your mind back to the uh, Black Lives Matter one um, uh, on Instagram where you posted uh, a black image and, and really it was just a day where you posted it, where it was trendy to post it and that was that. You know, it didn't make a great impact on Black Lives Matter. But reg- regardless of this one, the, the thing that I could, that I why I continue to tweet was um, why is the good noise being taken off Twitter to leave the bad noise to have its own sort of platform to go nuts on? I really didn't agree with that. Uh, so I, I looked at myself as a bit of a sort of um, no, normal person trying to tweet normal stuff um, uh, to try and sort of um, put some good in a, in a place where where, where it was more or less predominantly bad stuff really so uh, i didn't like the idea of of just um of of people clowns tweeting people calling them uh every name under the sun uh i wanted to put tweets out that as i would usually uh so not not completely agree that that enough is enough i, I, I mean why the hell you'd want to tweet someone with with expletives and cutting them names and attacking them and and um, and attacking the relatives it's just mind boggling to us. Uh, but um but I couldn't get on board with it because um I just didn't want a place where it was all bad.
2: Yeah. I think the big thing is for me is like, that you wouldn't act like that in real life because if you did you'd probably get your head kicked in. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or you'd be arrested, whichever so came the first. There's a
1: reason why there's a lot of um, socially awkward people who are really sort of active on Twitter and it's mm. because they feel more comfortable behind a phone or behind a laptop.
0: Yeah, they think um, they're probably more untouchable. But
1: Oh yeah, they're particularly um, ultimately, ultimately by by lack of identity. Uh, and yeah. uh, when uh, people start to be identified, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that it'll um, it'll soon stop. change won't
2: it yeah yeah. Well, I think that's the big thing for me you, you don't say something on social media that you won't say to someone in real life Yeah. look it is what it is you know I, I, I just maintain that whatever you put on social media one day it, if you put something on there and you know would you want your boss seeing it
1: it's come you back know. to quite, quite a few players a lot of people it? like yeah. um, Andre Gray got banned didn't he yeah um, you know so Yeah, look.
0: uh, Be careful. Think before you you post, I think, is is the message, isn't it? Um, Yeah, just have a read of it and see. Just try and be a nice person. But, yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode 54 of the From the Finney podcast. The penultimate – no, not the penultimate episode. That's next week. Um, But, yeah, don't forget you can support us here at From the Finney. Just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney if you don't already go and give us a follow on twitter we're just at from the Finney on twitter Sal, what's your twitter
1: Uh adam Salisbury one
2: jim um at PNA.
0: Uh and yeah if you're listening on an apple device we'd appreciate a review on apple podcasts and yeah thank you fellas much appreciated
2: oh yeah big shout out to our um, australia fan base for their uh, recent comments on apple podcasts that's quite nice yeah We've well, like six comments are from overseas. australia
0: yeah. Or overseas yeah. listeners, it's uh, massively appreciated. Uh, but I don't always see them, so if you follow us on Twitter and you leave a review, uh, let me know. I'll give you a shout out or something because Jim keeps abreast of that. But I miss quite a few of them.
2: i was quite jealous too. Whoever it is that walks around the Sydney Opera House listening to us <laughs> in their ears, I'm like different world, isn't it? Places but that you never thought. It? It. Three,
0: three. Uh, what do we? What do we call ourselves, Jim? Numpties. Numpties. Yes would would uh, our, our dulcet lancastrian tones would ever reach uh, yeah on that note boys cheers thank you
2: hello this is joe from sugarstone and this is our brand new single angel boy